So weird. I hit record and then I lost your video for some reason. Oh, there yeah. you go. Can you I see lost... me now? No. Oh, now I can. Okay, cool, cool. Are we recording? We are, but you know. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I just wanted to make sure that like it was working. Okay. Yes. Yes. Because I only, the, I have the uh, Skype set up, so I only have, I only have you you in a small part of my screen. That way, you know, I can look at the web. Yeah. Totally. Totally. And such. Cool. Yeah. So we are recording. Um. And uh, what are we talking about today? We're talking about Waterworld, right? Are we starting? Okay. No, no. no. What I want to talk about is uh, Sizzle Pie, which is a great uh, chain of pizzerias in Portland's, Portland that, in my opinion, has the best like East Coast-style pizza I've had on the West Coast. Oh, all right. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's great. I, um, I... I, uh, I mean, you, I'm from the East Coast as well, and um, it has been like pulling teeth finding good pizza down here in Texas. And uh, I, I think the best that I've had is at a place called Moreau's. But uh, you know what? No shit. I think there might be a sizzle pie location in Austin, but I could be wrong on that. Oh shit! But I, will I think they're trying that. to expand to other cities if they haven't already. Ah, oh, shit. Should we actually talk about this? Yeah, piece? so. Shit. Yeah, so, so, hey, are, everyone. We are not here. We are not here to talk about pizza uh, on Make Your Own Damn Podcast, episode number 44, I believe. Holy fuck. <laughs> I know. It's unreal. Um, yeah, we're talking about 1981's Sizzle Beach, USA, also oh, known f- as Malibu Hot Summer. Oh, fuck you, Lucas. You fucking picked this movie. I am holding you responsible for this. This. (laughs) This. So, I have the description pulled up on Troma's website. For the sake of everyone who hasn't seen this movie, which I'm praying is most of you. (laughs) (laughs) Troma describes this movie as... The Troma team is proud to present Academy Award-winning actor-slash-director Kevin Costner in a special collector's-director's cut edition of the internationally acclaimed classic Sizzle Beach USA. Bullshit on acclaimed. Internationally acclaimed? (laughs) Bullshit. Produced by Eric Lozill, um, actually director of Class of Newcomb High Part 2. Great movie. Um, Yeah, great movie. Kevin Costner's first starring role in Sizzle Sizzle Beach, USA, is widely considered his boogie nights of the early 80s West Coast scene. When a young rancher, Kevin Costner, meets up with three young and sexy girls uh, new to the pressures of the L.A. underground, he quickly familiarizes them with the hard and fast rules of the life. Portraying the Malibu beach life by day and the L.A. club life by night, Sizzle Beach USA is a stunning insider's critique of the sex and drug world of the swinger scene in the early 80s. The fuck? Wait, like, okay, so that's a pretty good write-up, but the movie does not, is this, there's nothing to do with what the movie's about at all. (laughs) 
So off recording uh, after our previous episode, you and I were briefly looking up some shit, some stuff about Sizzle Beach USA, and I found a plot description somewhere, and I read it to us, and I was like, oh no, Lucas, I think this movie is going to be a lot of people walking around and looking at things. And that is exactly what this fucking movie is. It's people walking around looking at things, tits, a lot of tits, and a lot of really, like, crappy what would you call it like folk music is is that what they're playing yeah it's like hippie, hippie yeah stuff. it's like yeah it's like real odd hippie shit okay i think we're okay no. it's real odd hippie shit for a movie that's in the 80s yeah, I was going to ask you, like, when I was watching this, I don't know if you saw in your research, like, when was this movie filmed? Because if you would have asked me, like, just based on what I was seeing, I would have thought it was filmed in the early 70s. It felt like a 70s movie, but I'm pretty it sure... It came out in 1981. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was filmed, like, probably the year previous, I'm going to yeah, guess. like 79 or 80. This movie was turned around fucking quick, I am certain. Like, there was no script in this fucking... There's barely a script in this thing. Yeah, and they they seemed to figure that out in the last, like, ten minutes, and they're like, oh yeah, there's a thing that... I was barely, like, holding on, paying attention at that point. I... (sighs) So, So for everyone listening to... I pray you haven't seen this movie... The movie does not focus on Kevin Costner at all, despite um, Troma's pitching. Now, he does have a bigger presence in this movie than, say, Samuel L. Jackson in, um, in um, oh, uh, Death by, Death Temptation. by Temptation. And uh, so he's like, uh, Kevin Costner is like a legit side character. But the movie focuses on these three random chicks. They're all, they're all cousins or whatever. And are they all sisters or I don't know. I, I think they're just friends, but like one of them's a cousin to the guy who they're living with oh, or, or no, they're, staying they're, with. They're renting. Yeah. They're, they're staying at his beach house. Wow. Yeah. What does he go do? I was like trying to figure out why he left and why he was staying with that woman who seemed like she wanted nothing to do with him. Um. Well, he stays at the beach house. I mean, like. He was like, because I think she leaves because they were trying to bone, and then three women show up at his house. No, no, I mean, like, who the fuck was it? Was that not the the owner of the beach house? Who was the guy that like the scene with the woman? Like, what's why do you have a tennis racket? Like, to oh. beat you if you wasn't oh, that yeah. the, what the fuck? wasn't that the same guy? It was hard to tell characters apart. I know it was. Hard to tell characters apart in this movie. Which, I think it was the same guy, though. Maybe, maybe. Which you know, that kind of brings up a good point. Like, you know, if you are gonna have a movie with like a threadbare plot, and you're just gonna have characters kind of hanging out, like you've got to at least have characters that are interesting that you like want to just hang out with. And I do not want to spend time with any of these people. So essentially, you have like three plot lines going on where one of the girls wants to become an actress, one wants to become a singer, and one wants to ride horses. 
it's mentioned Wait, no, that no, no, no. no the, the one who's riding horses is all is also uh trying to act it's the it's the the, the blonde though is going to be a gym teacher a gym teacher oh yeah. god damn it <laughs> And there's this that movie. bizarre interview scene with the principal where he's oh, like, "Oh yeah, yeah, that <sighs> was that was the only part of the movie that I actually kind of like perked up because I was like, what the fuck's happening here? When they're like, like, <laughs> like, are you gonna get pre- are you pregnant or intend to get pregnant? No, which by the way is an illegal question to ask. May not have been illegal when this movie was made, but it is actually it illegal. Is now, and, yeah. And you and definitely now in US law that is illegal. Your employ your employer cannot ask that information of you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and but uh and then he says like, you know, you're all these female gym teachers, yeah. they uh they they do all this exercise and it makes their libido overactive. <laughs> like, oh my like what is gosh. this guy on about? Like it was so bizarre. It was that and the um the scene where the Mario guy walks in on that one. I called him the Mario oh guy because he's yeah. short, fat, a mustache. But um, uh, he walks in on the one aspiring actress or which I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh man. I really like lost track of the movie like 20 minutes into it. Like I gave it a real shot. But I was just like, this is so hard to pay attention to and care about. Like, I'm going to come out and sh- say, it, say it right now. We have, for me, the new worst movie we have watched as a part of this show. I will watch Surf Nazis Must Die again before I would watch Sizzle Beach USA again. You would watch Under the Knife again and Igor and the Lunatics again? Oh, yeah. Igor and the Lunatics, yes. Under the, oh, oof. Oof. Um, hmm. Yes, I have to say Under the Knife had more redeeming qualities. Yes. Wow. Yes, it did. It's really, uh, if you would have told me that I would have been bored by a movie with this much fucking nudity in it, I wouldn't have believed you. We cannot, like, overemphasize enough how much female nudity it's all female nudity yeah how much female nudity there is in this movie it is like this is definitely something that was made uh for the era before internet pornography because if you have access to an internet if you have any way to watch this movie you have some means of watching porn and you may as well just watch porn because it's gonna do what all this movie's trying to do but better yeah (laughs) Like yeah. find yourself a good porn instead of watching this, and you'll have a better time. It's <laughs> like as someone that enjoys a lot of nudity in movies, this uh, this was excessive. It's like come on, people here. <laughs> yeah, come on. I mean, it's because I guess it's because they knew they didn't have a whole lot else to go on, you know, as far as plot goes. But um. I wanted to like it, you know, when when it started, because I was like, I do have like a weird like beach nostalgia thing, like especially this era, you know, um, even though I wasn't born yet. But like just the, the look of like movies back then and and like, you know, being at the beach and having fun with people. But this wasn't uh, even really a beach movie. It wasn't really. No, Like you have a few scenes to take place on the beach, but it's really just a few and yeah. like i feel like we spend more time like 
like at the ranch and at recording studios than we do that's true at the beach. that's true and so like this is not at all uh, a beach movie oh and um oh man and the acting was so bad in it it was yeah i mean and we've seen a lot of uh bad acting on this show under under the knife being one of those ones yes yes um but this was just ooh, it was like kind of just like all right let's just find good looking people and point the camera at them and feed them lines you know then like oh, kevin this is kevin costner's first movie uh, we haven't even men- we haven't even mentioned that yet. It, I mean, it got mentioned in the trauma description, but I don't think you and I have mentioned his name in our conversation once. No, yet. We have oh not. no, we did. We did just oh, to yeah. say that he's not in the movie a ton, but he is a legit side character in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's terrible in this. Yes. Yeah. He's, he's absolutely uh, awful in this. He's uh, just the, yeah. Just the like, only actor that was remotely memorable that I kind of dug was um, Peter Risch, who was the um, little person who, who he was the little person who played the character Pete Fargo. Okay. And he at least had some fucking charisma to him, which yeah. is more than I can say about anybody else. And so what, what was his deal? Was he like the, he was were, uh, like, I mean, maybe, yeah. <laughs> he, like was a, a he was a crime boss correct like he, he was, was like kind of the crime boss in the area like that was kind of the impression i got but like i okay so in case you're listening to this episode and you haven't figured it out yet this movie is a really hard time clearly delivering information <laughs> yes it it, do, it has a very difficult time relaying what it's trying to say and it does it in such a boring manner that it's really easy to just suddenly be like oh i've been paying attention for 10 minutes because like yeah i have no idea what's going on now i know he he was connected to the farm in the ranch in some way because yeah. and i think that did kevin costner's character own the ranch yes okay as well as many others throughout the country as he yes. made a point of stating and the and the little person character he was some sort of employee of kevin costner's now what he did in terms of the company i don't have a clue because there is one scene where he's talking with um he the little person character is talking to one of the uh women and he mentions about um i work at these different ranches spread out around the country so he's working for kevin costner's character What he does exactly, I don't have a fucking clue. Yeah, see, I got the impression that he was like a business partner of Kevin Costner, but then he was also had his hands in the in the in the record producer or the re- the studio as yeah. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had something to do with that as well. So and I like, think he was. Just and there was a like general... a gambling angle as well. So I thought like he was like kind of a bookie or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm not entirely sure what was going on there. Shit. Can you hear that? No. Okay. Cool. Sorry, yeah. the Roomba just started yelling at me in the background. <laughs> Getting yelled at by a robot. Yep. <laughs> the robot can't communicate its ideas clearer than its fucking movie can. <laughs> Place so Roomba did, back on charger. 
so I did look up Peter Risch because I was just curious because, um, you know, there's only so many uh, like little people acting in Hollywood. Yeah. And so I wanted to see what else he's been in because I was curious. He's been in Ghoulies. Um, he was in Something Wicked This Way Comes. Nice. Um, he actually uh, voiced a character in the old animated Lord of the Rings. Uh, Ralph Banksy, I believe, is who oh. made that. Yeah. Um, and he was, he was in a Yoko Ono music video, um, and he was in a bunch of other stuff. So he had a pretty, um, actually active career. Okay. So other than Kevin Costner, he might be the most prolific. No, I did find somebody else. Oh. Um, yeah, I guess we'll, we'll get to that one. <sighs> okay. So what, what else about this movie? Um, um uh, <laughs> So this is I, so bad. Oh, gosh. Okay, so I did refer to it as, like, a beach movie, and I know it doesn't take place much on the beach, but, you know, it's called Sizzle Beach USA, and it's has some scenes on a beach. So uh, beach movies were, like, kind of a subgenre of exploitation for a while. Yeah, yeah. And they also kind of cross over a lot with, like, the nudie cutie genre. Um, yeah. And... I mean, this movie is honestly trying to be like it's it's essentially a soft core porn. Is. Yeah, like check out this this description of of beach movies, and it's like it's almost like oh, like that's exactly what this movie was trying to do. Um, generally, comedies. We'll ignore that because this movie's not that funny. Um, the core elements of the American International Pictures films uh, who, who put out these beach movies um, consisted of a group of teenage and or college age characters as protagonists, non-parental adult characters as antagonists or comic relief, simple, silly storylines that avoided any sober social consciousness, teen trends and interests such as dancing, surfing, drag racing, cars, uh, music, irresponsible drinking, etc. Simple romantic arcs original songs, teen-oriented musical oh, acts, holy shit. and huh. a tongue-in-cheek attitude towards the, lo- towards the target audience. And so, That's 100% what this was trying. That's exactly what this yeah. was trying to be. And it like failed in every single aspect. But you can see that that's what, exactly yeah. what this was trying to do. Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, what's interesting, though, is they would, you know, um, in, in – in the older beach movies, the the films were more, or the the music that was featured was a lot more contemporary. And this, the music in this film felt like it was like oh. from decades previous. Oh, I just see. Um, actually, Cos- Kevin Costner mentioned in his biography the movie was filmed between 1978 and 1979. Oh wow. Okay, so like three years before it came out. Yeah. Yeah. Two um, or three. Yeah. Two or three years. Yeah. Uh, which isn't that unusual. But um, but it's the music still like we're, we're this movie was being made and fucking punk was out. Yeah, like punk and new wave was, and and yes. new wave was about to happen. Like you know, like yeah. this could not be more not not feeling the zeitgeist at all. Yeah, like yeah. Um, the, the Who is playing stadiums. Um, yeah, like, but this, as far as like yeah, like the the ages of the protagonists like and like the um non-parental adults being antagonists or comic relief like that that's exactly what this was trying to do mm-hmm. um yeah um simple romantic arcs like yeah like they were just 100 percent yep 
I mean, it's all there. Uh, but yeah, like you said, it wasn't didn't quite stick the landing especially like having that genre um that like genre tropes listed out like that and seeing how that those were all directly reflected in this movie um i'm not this may have been like one of the worst movies i've ever seen in like falling on its face trying to do a thing yeah and failing and and failing at what it's trying to do yeah. Wow. I I mean, I was earlier I took a walk to the convenience store and I was thinking about uh, tonight's episode and I had a thought go through my head that this may have been one of the worst movies I've ever seen since a movie that almost no one's ever heard of San Francisco, San Francisco Airport. Um, I don't know when it came out. But it's I think it was like a 70s movie of that. It was trying to be a drama in an airport with like the workings of an airport. I saw it because it was an episode of MST3K. And (laughs) it's one of those movies that's so bad that MST3K couldn't save it. Like, it's just that fucking painful. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I also feel like this movie might have tried to be a... um what's called what's called a hangout movie um yeah, where it's just characters hanging out um so the best description of a hangout movie i've i've heard actually comes from an interview with quentin tarantino um oh. yeah it's it's from a a profile that was done on him in the new yorker um by someone named larissa mc uh i'm not gonna try to pronounce that last name um <laughs> But uh, he said, you know, there are certain movies that you just hang out with the characters so much that they actually become your friends. And that's really rare quality to have in a film. And these movies are usually quite long because it actually takes that long to get past a movie character where you actually feel like you know that person. And when it's over, they're like your friend. Now, again, like this movie felt like it was trying to do a thing where you just kind of get to see these characters in their natural environment and there's not a lot going on and the story but they're not interesting characters no so it's not, not like bit. it's not like mall rats or um or ta- some of tarantino's movies like death proof or uh, jackie brown um i can't believe you're kind of like uh, jumping over what i would argue is far and away the biggest most popular hangout movie of all time the big lebowski that that was another one i was gonna list but yes that okay. is absolutely Absolutely. Um, yeah, The Big Lebowski. Um, and then, you know, a bunch of Richard Link- Linklater movies qualify as such, of course. Um, so, yeah. Uh, this movie had some, I mean, obviously, most of the movies we just listed were like, came out long after this movie. But, oh, yeah. um, hey, you know. Um, Easy Rider. Easy that's Rider, like hang- there you go. That's a great uh, hangout movie that predates this one. Yeah, so the blueprint was there. There were two blueprints that they could have followed. And they, could have, <laughs> and they, 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 they ch- tried, maybe? Did they I, try, Jeff? They did not fucking try with this movie. <laughs> they did not fucking try. Like, the scene early, when, when I was, like, firmly in the, oh, fuck, it's one of these movies... Uh, when I was firmly there mentally was when they uh, first got to the cabin and there's a scene of um, the, the, the cousin that owns the cabin has like the 
topless girl in his room and the topless girl comes out topless yeah. in front of the three girls As and we does. get we get long reaction shots from each of the three <laughs> girls looking at the topless girl and looking at the guy that was, it's just like what are you fuck? It was just blatantly killing time. And like, yeah. what are we fucking doing here? My my favorite part, and it's a total like blip, like it's a, or or a blooper, I guess. Um, it was, it was <laughs> yeah. So I think it's the same woman. Like later in the movie, it might be a different one. Honestly, again, these characters, it's really hard to tell them all apart. Um, uh, but she answers the phone completely naked, full frontal. You see everything, but then there's a cut right before she actually answers the phone. And she's wearing bikini bottoms, like, like it's like, but it's supposed to be only a couple seconds of fast. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, they, they, I see there is a review, uh, TV guide panned this movie that it was inept from opening titles to closing credits. Now, I'd like to point out that TV guide was reviewing it, that this movie was aired on USA's Up All Night. Um, because we've talked before on this show about they had a big deal with trauma. Can you imagine this movie edited for TV? They would have to cut out all the nudity. So oh, God. how short it would be. And then also just like how just unbearably boring. Because at least we get some, you know, some these women are very attractive. So we get to Incredibly. see some very attractive women very naked. So it's like, okay, at least this can get that but like i said if you have an internet connection you can get that anytime you want um <laughs> but if you lose that to it there's there's like nothing fucking to this movie like no and there's sometimes so i was thinking about it, there's sometimes song numbers that are playing and we were and the camera like we're getting views of different scenes that are going on and some of those scenes occasionally have nudity in them so editing it for tv would mean that there'd be like a jump in the song yeah. Because they would Weird. just have to look like, yeah. Oh. It would be awful. Yeah, that 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 would have been a bit of a mess. Like, because, yeah, even on, at the hour that Up All Night was airing, it's USA, so it's not like they're yeah. going to be showing that kind of, any of this that. Was, this was USA in, <clears throat> um, uh. The 90s. The 90s, most likely. And they were they were editing stuff like they were not, they were not show. They were not showing, um, uncut movies. Yeah. I'm sure there still aren't. I mean, at least like, I mean, they're not showing full frontal nudity. I can tell you that much. <laughs> oh yeah. No, it's really funny with uh cable TV editing. I don't have cable, but you know, occasionally I'm at the bar and they have like a movie playing that's airing on some cable station. They now leave an, Almost all gore and violence, but they still edit out all nudity. Oh, so man. there's American puritanical values for you right yeah, there. <laughs> yeah, it still exists, guys. Like it's still there. Like just, I, just, cause, just, just because Lil Nas gave a lap dance to the devil doesn't mean that uh, <laughs> pur- pur- puritanism is over. <laughs> man, surprisingly hip reference from you there. I'm proud of you, Lucas. <laughs> um, but no, I was watching a. Uh, Oh, one of the Friday I was at a bar and one of the cable stations was playing Friday, one of the Friday the 13th. And I thought it was really funny because they they cut out the nudity 
Yeah. But they explicitly left, like, all the violence was left in. Not that the Friday the 13th movies are all that gory compared to the type of gore I'm freaked into. <laughs> um, but, you know, they still, they had some blood and guts at times. Yeah. And they left it all in. I just thought that was so, so That's amusing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. So, um, uh, all right. So, there was what well, the reason I chose this movie, Jeff, was I'm at, yeah. I like I know there's like I know how deep you go in the behind the scenes research, and I yes. I was just absolutely tickled that Kevin Costner is so embarrassed by this movie he tried to buy the rights back yes. from Troma, um, and Troma refused, <laughs> which is even funnier. Um, so I was at first doubting that this was a real story. It was kind of a rumor because I couldn't find, like, a primary source for it. But I did do some digging, and I found a primary source. The Daily News, which is a New York newspaper, I found the original 1993 article about this, um, which actually has a detail in it uh, that's left out everywhere else, I think, is even more interesting. Um, And this was 1993. 1993 is when the article. Yeah, so this was like post Robin Hood and post Dances with Wolves. So he was like, yes, Dances with Wolves fame is cited in the opening paragraph. Now I'm not going to read the whole article because it's a bit lengthy, Um, but it does confirm that Kevin Costner attempted to buy the rights back of. um, They only refer to it as Malibu Hot Summer in the article, but he did. um, They do confirm he tried to buy it. yeah. Choma refused to sell it because now they had a movie that had Kevin Costner in it and Choma marketed the fuck out of it. Of course they but, did. But now here's where uh, things get really interesting <laughs> is that the uh, director of Sizzle Beach USA um, uh, why, why am I the, the guy that Oh, uh, it's directed by Richard Brander why did yeah. I bring up the the oh oh it was produced by the guy who um, yeah yeah it's produced did, by Eric Lizell who did uh uh Thoughts of High Part Two yeah. so Richard uh <laughs> Richard Brander he had announced that he was making another movie and he had unused footage from Sizzle Beach USA and he and unused footage of Kevin Costner and he was going to use that footage in his new movie and it was specifically Michael Hertz who he's quoted like Michael Hertz provides quotes in this article so Michael Hertz talk to them Michael Hertz talk to us yeah he talked to the Daily News and he doesn't talk to us what's wrong bullshit um, but Michael Hertz is, we are not letting him do that. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, what this, how the footage was going to be used, I have to admit, this is pretty entertaining. Um, it was going to be a scene in which a couple, um, a, a couple that's romantically together was going to put in a VHS into uh, VCR or whatever. I'm getting overtly detailed. Um, but they were going to watch a movie that featured footage of Kevin Costner. And it was going to be unused footage from Sizzle Beach USA. And the guy was going to ask the uh, chick, uh, who's a better lover, me or Kevin? And I don't know if this person 
I don't know if his girlfriend was supposed to have had a relationship with Kevin Costner or what, but I'm like, oh, that's actually a mildly clever use of unused footage. But Choma said no. <laughs> uh, yeah. But because um, and then other places uh, that do address that part uh, have conjecture that the reason they didn't go through with that is they were afraid of actually getting sued by um, by Kevin Costner. Oh man, that's so funny. So why did Kevin Costner want to buy the rights back? Did he say? Um, what does does it say in the? Oh, oh, um, this is really funny. This is really funny. Um, Kevin Costner is actually extremely shy about his body. And this movie is the only movie that Kevin Costner takes off his shirt. Now, there's probably some listeners that are thinking, wait, I've seen Kevin Costner naked in movies. No, you haven't. He uses body doubles for no everything shit. showing. He was apparently so insecure about taking off his shirt for filming this movie. He, um, the crew got him drunk with a bottle of wine. <laughs> and when he did like his shirtless scenes, he actually had a bottle of wine in him. Now, in modern day context, there's a kind of questionable consent questionable going practice. on. Yeah. Especially considering that this is the only movie he did that, and he went so far as to have body doubles in other movies. Oh, my God. So I don't think it's that he wants this bad movie to disappear because it's bad. I think it's because he's embarrassed because he's shirtless in it. That and is – wow. Kevin Costner, if for some reason you hear this, you look great in the movie, dude. You got nothing to worry about. Good looking, <laughs> You're a good-looking fella. Yeah. But, so that's why um, he wanted to, he wanted to get the movie. So, that's kind of an interesting story. Yeah, because the Wikipedia bit about it was really, like, sparse. Like, it just said he was uncomfortable with one of the sex scenes or something, and I was like... Yes. I was like, expect, I don't know what I was expecting when I read that. I was like, oh, God, is there going to be something really weird? Like, you know, but no, 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 he doesn't. Nothing. He does. He doesn't like his body being seen publicly. And it's like, yeah. all right, that's fine. Yeah, no, totally. Um, but, yeah, so, but a lot of the uh, like in researching it. I had to find sources, and it was only a couple sources that were connecting the fact that this is the only movie he actually does his scenes showing his body. Wow. And it was his first – it was his very first movie. Yeah. And he was drunk. Jeez. And, and – yeah, and he was drunk. Man. I mean, he was a bottle of wine deep. But like, it depends upon, you know, yeah, how yeah, hard yeah. He, he hits it if that was drunk or not. But, you know, he's a little loosey-goosey. Yeah, at the very totally. least. Totally. Um, oh my god, oh the guy that directed... Oh, never mind. Wait, the guy that directed this fucking movie was in Valley of the Dolls. Oh, weird. Yeah, that's weird. This is the only movie he directed. So... But you want to hear something fucked up? Yeah. The director of this movie for three other movies served as a dramatic coach. Okay. <laughs> One of those movies was Rocky Five, which I've never seen. I don't know if I've seen a single Rocky movie. Um, 
I definitely have not seen the fifth. Um, so I don't know if he was a dramatic coach on Rocky Five. My God, that is wow. Um, so how did Troma end up with this movie? Oh, a lot of the, the a lot of the producers, pretty much all the producers were people who have had history or would have history with Troma. So this was just like in their circle of creative people. So it's not remotely surprising that this ended up at trauma it's the surprise is that one of the actors went on actually two of the actors to get to went on to be huge okay all right um kevin yeah. costner though is obviously the bigger of the two right kevin and, costner and then uh i don't really think i've seen kevin i was looking at kevin costner's filmography i'm actually like i don't think i've actually seen him in that many movies <laughs> i saw him in this one um, I've seen JFK. I, I like that yeah. movie. That was fine. I've seen Waterworld, which I don't think is as bad as everyone I agree, like, makes dude. it out to be. I agree. It's not a good it's, movie, but it's, it's not fun. One of the worst it's just Mad Max ever. on water. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'll take that. Like, <laughs> um, what else have I seen him in? Like, I haven't seen him in my. Oh, he he was uh he was the really stupid Jonathan Kent in uh uh. Uh, Man of Steel. Wait, was he in Man of Steel? I thought I thought that was the one he was. You in. would think it'd be Man of Steel, but he's on his Wikipedia. He's only credited for Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Oh, oh no, no, like, no! I've just missed it. And Man of Steel, Man of Steel. There yeah. it is. I'm I'm blind. I missed it. Um, um but the Jonathan Death, Jonathan Kent, like quote unquote killing himself scene. It was one of the stupidest fucking scenes I've seen in a superhero movie man so um i will say like growing up i don't know why like but uh robin the robin hood movie was like this weird staple in my house yeah, like that was yeah. a huge i remember it from when we were young it was i a think huge i even movie. had the toys i, I like, never saw it yeah it was, it was yeah. gigantic yeah um i had a lot of fun with that one and yeah i enjoy water worlds um yeah i mean you know, most – and I think I've seen some of his sports movies. Like, he did one uh, that was actually directed by Sam Raimi uh, called For Love of the Game. Oh. And so, like, the what's what's amazing about it is even though it's just, like, a you know, your basic, like – it's just a drama, a love story kind of movie. But um, the the scenes where the ball is thrown, you get kind of the Sam Raimi uh, cinematography uh, <laughs> going I... on. Had, like I'm looking it up right now. I'm like I had no idea Sam Raimi did. Uh, yeah, Sam Raimi. Holy shit! I had no fucking clue. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Nobody when talking about Sam Raimi, nobody ever mentions that one. No, it's like they're like yeah, it's Evil Dead, Dark Man, Spider Man, Quick and the Dead. Yeah, I've seen Quick yeah. and the Dead, but I, yeah. no, for love of the game, I'm like wow, I had no idea. And yeah, and he also did. Uh, Tin Cup, which I think is a golf movie, yeah, and I, I know he did. That. I, I saw that on a plane. Of, oh, all right. Yeah. I saw Field of Dreams is also on the list. I've never seen it, but of course I'm familiar with it. It's another baseball movie. Yep. Bull Durham, also a baseball movie. Huh. Um, yeah. Um, and then he's on this show that's out now called Yellowstone, which I've heard is actually really good. 
Oh, people fucking love the show. Yeah, uh, like Shane, a uh, friend of the show, Shane McKenzie, has been trying to get me to watch it. I just haven't gotten around to it yet, but uh, he said it's phenomenal. I've heard it described as it's Sons of Anarchy, but with, like, Texas ranchers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it takes place in Texas, or, no, it takes place in, it probably obviously takes place in Yellowstone. Which, yeah. Um, that's what, uh, California and Utah or something like that? I think so, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I hear Yellowstone is supposed to be incredible, and then there's also, it's so popular, there's a spinoff called, like, 1886, I think it's called. Yep. And... Uh, that's also supposed to be incredible. Um, so I don't know. It, it could be like I, I did really enjoy Sons of Anarchy until I did not, which I'm sure every Sons Sons of Anarchy fan knows exactly what I mean by that. And uh, so maybe someday I'll have to check out Yellowstone. Cool. Um. So, uh, talking about other people that were in the movie, yeah. I, I don't really have much I can say about Kevin Costner because I haven't seen him in much. Uh, have you ever heard of Catherine Morris? No. No. See, I never had either. Um, her first credit is in Sizzle Beach, USA, and she's just credited as a singing contestant. Oh, wow. Um, so she's not even one of the main characters. Nope. Just a wow. real bit player. And then she had like various small roles in TV series for a number of years um, related to and like some small movie roles. And uh, she just kind of like kept at it. And she ended up uh, being the one of the lead characters in the TV series Cold Case. Do you oh, remember shit. that? Yeah, it ran for yeah, yeah. seven. It ran for seven years, and um, I've never seen an episode of it. I think my parents watched it when it was on. Yeah. Um, but she was one of the main actresses, and in, in the she had the oh, lead shit. role in it, and uh, that has her as like a minor star. Uh, like she's been on like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire as a celebrity, like cool. question asker. Uh, whatever you call it. She she was on like guest host on Entertainment Tonight. Um, she was on Howard Stern, um, like Celebrity Poker Showdown. Apparently she oh, plays God. poker. She was on the an episode of The View. Like all Jimmy Kimmel, like all David I'm Letterman, just like, like all I'm these just imagining, shit. I'm imagining like Stern like kind of interrogating her about Sizzle Beach USA, you know. <laughs> oh my I wonder if that ever even came up because like I said she just was a singing contestant, so she was probably on set for, like, a day. But yeah. it's her very first credited role, and she did become something of a minor TV celebrity in the 2000s. I do know I bet you somebody – somebody somewhere asked her about it in some interview. Oh, I'm for sure. sure. For sure. Because it's her first acting credit. So, Oh, yeah. related to our genre, though, uh, she was in um, uh, Prophecy 2. And oh. she was also in Bone Tomahawk. Nice. So, little right. genre crossover there. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, she, got she, around. she had a. Um, she's still acting um, to this day. She's, I guess, in a movie called Hayseed that's in post production right now. She had. Okay. She was in a film that came out in 2019, and she starred. Um, I don't know. Actually, I don't know if she started, but she was in 10 episodes of some TV series called Reverie. 
I've never heard of it. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, I have no idea. I mean, idea there's that so is. much on TV now, dude. Like, it's yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> God knows. Like, like, all the streaming services, God knows. But so yeah. she's she's still acting to this day. It's really just her and uh, Kevin Costner and yeah. what I was digging through that, like, pretty okay. much. Th- it was just, like, this movie and a couple other things for most of the cast. Yeah. And. There, I did recognize a couple of the Choma movies, like Lust for Freedom popped up. Oh yeah, some of the casts. And you gotta do that movie one day, man. Yeah, that that keeps that just keeps popping. Oh, that's up. Eric Lazelle, right? Didn't he yes, direct that one? Yeah. Yes, he yeah. did. Yes, he did. I have um, yeah, Lust for Freedom and Fortress of America with the three Ks. And yeah, he did. Uh, hmm. Interesting. Later in 92, he did Bikini Beach Race, which very much sounds like a beach movie. USA, yeah. (laughs) And so that, see, do I have anything else? That's kind of everything I have for this abominable piece of shit movie. (laughs) This was awful. This was awful, Lucas. Uh, I am terribly sorry. I uh, you did this to us. I did it. I did it. Look, we always we always end up, look we all we always get our turn. I'm sure you're gonna pick something that's gonna make me want to gouge out my eyes. But it seems like I seem to do this to you more often than you do this to me. <laughs> that's what I feel like. I, I really feels like that to me. Let's see. Oh, actually. I gave, I gave you this. I gave you under the knife. I gave you Igor and the lunatics. I gave you surf Nazis. I mean, it's just. Dear God, dude. Do I, yeah, do I, do I hate you? <laughs> you might. You might. You might feel like the whole point of the show is slowly drive Jeff to insanity. He's like, I never watched the movie. <laughs> so I did. I almost forgot. I almost forgot. I do have one more thing from yeah, yeah. because it's been a bunch of episodes now since we've been able to do it. Um, Lloyd Kaufman's book, All I Need to Know About Filmmaking, I Learned from the Toxic Avenger by Lloyd Kaufman and James Gunn, has a write-up for Sizzle Beach USA in it. So let's see what they have to say about this movie. Okay. Film Film historians have found it noteworthy that Kevin Costner started with this film, made for $40,000 and filmed around water, and he ended it with Waterworld, made for $120 million and filmed in the water. If only the makers of Waterworld had consulted trauma fans, they would, been, they would have been told that Waterworld could be a successful Costner film if it had many boobies as this, blockbust, as this blockbuster. <laughs> Lots of fun. Next time you're walking on the beach and you think you s- step on a jellyfish, look again. It might be a silicone implant from one of the Sizzle Beach beauties lost during shooting. Whoops. <laughs> so, oh, my God. That was their write-up. <laughs> you can oh, tell that God. Lloyd actually wrote that book because, like, that is, like, that That just sounds like something you would say. That very much does. Uh, oh, God. And that... That was also like an embarrassing write-up, talking about silicon implants. Well, oh. it's just look. It's I was wondering, like, why, why, what, what made Lloyd want to take this movie on? The only thing I can think of is like tits, tits. Yeah, 
I guarantee you before Kevin Costner was in this movie, they were just selling it everywhere by being like, it has a shit ton of tits in it. Yeah. Yeah. I. Oh, all right. This, this was a brutal one, dude. This was fucking brutal. Well, it's not going to be a recommend. <laughs> no. Fuck this movie. I want to fight this movie. Oh, shit. I, have I said that yet about a movie? No, you haven't. You haven't. I want to f- fight the like, concept of this movie. I know I can't, but I want to. That's incredible. <sighs> um, <laughs> You're breaking me, so, Lucas. So what uh, What are we doing next week, then? Oh, yeah. So as we announced a little bit ago, we're changing the formatting of the show. So next week is going to be not a movie episode. And you're probably listening to this and thinking, wait a minute, this is a movie podcast. How are they going to do a movie podcast where they're not talking about a movie? And haha, you see, that's where you're thinking small, thinking a movie. We're going to be talking about lots of different movies. We want to have a monthly, like, topic related to independent filmmaking, exploitation filmmaking, um, grindhouse cinema, uh, cult cinema. cinema, trash cinema, just because we've had we've been uh, kicking this idea around actually kind of since the beginning yeah. of doing uh, like discussion focused episodes. So next mu- next week's episode, I almost said month. Next week's episode is going to be our first of those, and that we're going to be tackling the idea of exploitation cinema entering ma- entering the mainstream and mainstream yes. cinema, and. This is something that we've talked a lot about behind, uh, like, like off Spoiler recording. alert, it is fucking everywhere. <laughs> yes, yes. And yeah. we've talked about this a lot off recording, so we're going to actually get, like, our thoughts together and actually come with some, you know, ideas and thesis statements and information and talk about exploitation in the mainstream. Yeah. It's going to be a fun a fun chat, I think. Um, oh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it, especially after this fucking movie. Oh, man. Next yeah, week's going to be so much like, better. You, you, you hated this movie so much, you need a break from movies. I think I do. Oh, my <laughs> God. Oh, I, I got to say, I got to share about that. I uh, I was watching this movie. I watched it on Troma now, and I had to watch it on my computer. And so I was like, my partner and I have like a shared office space, and I was sitting in the office watching it. And she walks in, and she's like, "Oh, you know, what are you doing?" And I like heard, I, I couldn't tell what you were like watching. And I'm like, "Oh, I'm watching the uh, movie for our podcast this week." I'm like, "It's fucking awful," and she's like, "Oh." Did I just walk in on a sex scene? And it was like, amazingly, you did not. Most of this movie is sex scenes. And every, like, every other fucking movie I've been watching, like whenever there's a sex scene, that's just right when she walks in and she's like, eh, you have fun with your weird porn. And she walks out. This movie, though, this movie that probably had the most sex scenes of anything we watched. Oh, oh, sex scenes, yes. Nudity, hmm, hmm. Bloodsucking freaks and tales from the crapper. Are yeah. also up there yeah. just in terms of sheer nudity but no amazingly she walks in when it's like one of those club yeah. music scenes and it's like no it's like amazingly you missed all the tits this is this boring shit going on right now yeah oh, oh. well this movie <laughs> 
Oh, what do you want to fucking plug, Lucas? Um, I uh, do not want to plug this movie, that's for sure. Um, I, uh, I feel like I had something, but I really... Oh, you know what I want to plug? I want to plug a really good beach exploitation movie. Um, oh. I'm sure most people who are listening to this podcast have seen it, but this movie made me want to revisit it, and I suggest everyone else do the same. Blood Beach. Oh, I don't think I've seen Blood Beach. It's fun. It's fun. It's a, it's a wild movie. Um, it's basically... Sh- I, it's hard to explain. <laughs> Actually, it's not hard to explain at all, but it's just, you know, just fun gore on a beach, you know. All right. This movie could have used some of that, I guess. I, I don't want to sully endorsing anything whatsoever and have it exist in history in the same conversation as this movie. I like if I could endorse somebody, some creative inventor or somebody with can hook me up with a lot of drugs that I can fight the concept of this movie. I'd endorse that. I've got nothing else. Fuck this fucking movie. This was awful. Lucas. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm, I'm, Maybe I just need to fight you. You recommended it. <laughs> well, Killer Khan is coming up, so. <laughs> if stories come out of a massive brawl between Jeff Burke and Lucas Mangum on the convention floor, it was because I've had, a, had enough of Lucas's shit with these movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. All right, next week we're having a discussion. Hell yeah. Fuck this shit. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, wait. Hold on. What I do? Oh no, I can't stop recording. (laughs) (laughs) No, no, I don't want to be stuck here talking about this movie anymore. (laughs) That's really weird. Um, Oh, let me, um. Yeah, it shows it's still recording. Yeah, I'm going to hang up and call you back. (laughs) Wait, was that only an hour and like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's they can always tell when we don't like the movie because it's only like an hour. <laughs> yeah, because when you edit out like the brief stops and shit that that's not relevant and that it's going to be like an hour, five minutes, hour ten minutes. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> <sighs> Fuck. That like hurt my head that that was only like an hour. Yeah. I do not know why it won't stop recording. That is fucking weird. Well, should I hang up and call you back? Yeah, maybe. Wait, I also have a stop recording button. Let me hit, see if, what happens if I hit it? Yeah, let's see if you can make it work.